was on a little bit of a vacation, well, a couple of days. Hmm. Just, you know, some nature. I was in life. I was in it for a minute. But you know what that means? I had to, I had to get back here because things are happening. So I took a little, I took a couple deep breaths while I was out there. I went. <sighs> but then I knew I had to come back and cover everything that's going on in the world. And there's a lot of things going on in the tech world, in the tech realm. Mm. Starting with this story right here. Samsung reportedly won't include chargers with its phones starting next year. I said this was going to happen, Will. Well, I didn't need to say it. You could have said it. Anyone could have seen it coming. When Apple, the rumors started to swirl, as rumors do, people started saying, oh, you know what? Word on the street, Apple not going to be including a charger or those ear pods in their upcoming iPhone 12. And I said in that moment, immediately came to my mind, oh, this is an excuse. Now everybody's going to do this. Mm-hmm. Samsung is going to be the next one. Of course, this story emerges. Now, I just want to speak on this a little bit. If you don't mind, Will. Only if you don't mind. No. Okay. Go ahead. So there's been a conversation around phone chargers and the environment. It's That's what this thing turned into, right? There, there was a, an alternative viewpoint, which was, okay, uh, we all have chargers. We don't need more chargers. They're going to end up in a landfill to the tune of 300 trillion tons i just made up is that, that uh, okay. i don't know a lot of waste is created it's with, not eco-friendly a lot sure. of waste is created with these chargers and you know people want to do something about it whoever you're going to talk to you head over to amazon you see the third party chargers they want you to get those chargers i got chargers for days mm. i got a bathtub full of chargers at home that's how i yeah. take a dip in there uh, so I hear that. Obviously, I hear that. I see that. I hear that. But the environmental component is a weird one to me when the environmental uh, uh, arbiter is the tech company that's trying to sell you a brand new phone every year that you probably don't need anyways. Mm. So the same company is saying, your smartphone's not good enough. You need our latest and greatest. Come to our keynote and watch why you need this in order to make your life complete. We've improved everything. Your old phone, we improved everything. Hmm. And then they turn around and say, we're also saving a planet because there's there's fewer chargers out there. Same time, this slab of glass, this chipset, this store. Now, granted, I do have to go full circle here and say, yeah, I mean, I guess something happens with your old phone that may not happen with your old charger. But it is just a little bit odd that the same engine churning out all these phones, the same engine convincing you you need something every single year that you probably don't, is the one telling you, by the way, we're also saving the planet. Mm. Now, it's obviously, it's not, it's not black and white. There's nuance. It's in the middle. Probably the, the, the true story is somewhere in between. Eventually, we probably do get to a point where we're not getting a charger with every device. I think the timing is the tough one, maybe more so with Apple than Samsung. And I saw this kind of comment when I was looking through, well, the original clip when I covered it. People saying, well, I'm an iPhone user. And I was looking, to, I'm, I'm, I'm in the market to upgrade, finally. You know, iPhone users, in some cases, hold on to their devices extended period of time. 
And they said, my current charger is a 5-watt charger. And I told you. And so for that user, that's the one who's really getting messed up here. There's no... Uh, you're not saving the, the planet on this guy. This guy's going to need that better charger regardless. Now, I know some different uh, proposals have been out there. Like maybe Apple gives you... a. Uh, some sort of a gift card or something. That's what Dieter was saying on a verge. I don't know. The whole thing just feels. Maybe the first step should have been to get for Apple to get to USB type C. Mm -hmm. Because then you, now you have a universal standard. Right. But they're still on this proprietary connector, which terminates into the USB A port. And a lot of the chargers Apple users have lying around for phones are those tiny little 5-watt bricks, and now people are using a fraction of the capability of their upcoming iPhone 12 if they just aren't aware or don't hit that additional button to add the fast charger mm -hmm. that will likely be out with it. So anyway, in, the, in Samsung's case, I just had to get that all out because I've seen it all. Yeah. So I apologize, but I just had to get it all out. And there's always two sides to it. But I, I, I feel for that customer because it, it's already an expensive phone. So now he's adding to that price. Well, they could push with wireless charging. Which they will, but that's going to cost you too. You're going to see it. Yeah. You're going to see it. That once Apple does the wireless charger, it's going to be a price tag. Mm -hmm. Which is just, I mean, it's just worth, we're just talking. I'm not saying, I mean, do whatever you need to do with your cash. And I love wireless. I got a wire. Look at me. I got a wireless charger right over here. Mm -hmm. Sitting right out of frame. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. I'm definitely the guy who doesn't need another charger, to be clear. But I feel for the other guy that just is just paying more for something that in the past he got already. Mm -hmm. And maybe he's not the guy that has the drawer full of chargers. So maybe we're not in the best position to see the scope of it because of the we're immersed. Yeah. We got too much tech. Uh, Samsung may not include chargers in the boxes of some of its upcoming smartphones starting in 2021. According to a report from Korean news site ET News. The company is taking them out because many people already have chargers and to reduce costs, the report says. Removing chargers from phone boxes could be a major way for both Samsung and Apple to lower the cost of their phones. Well, this actually brings me to my next point and my next story. There's a new rumor emerged that actually iPhone 12s aren't, aren't going to be any cheaper. You're not going to get any cost savings for this because of the additional cost of making every single unit 5G capable. And then that, and that's actually going to cost them more. Possibly also the fact that the whole lineup goes to OLED. Hmm. And that's actually going to cost them more even than whatever cost savings occur from getting the charging brick out of there. So this report stating that the baseline iPhone 12 is going to go up 50 bucks from the previous version. In a research note provided to Mac Rumors, analyst Jeff Poo forecasted that iPhone 12 pricing will start at $749 for the 5.4-inch model, an increase of $50 over the base iPhone 11. He said the price is primarily attributed to the addition of 5G and OLED on all iPhone 12 models. As you know, Will, the current generation iPhone 11 only featuring an LCD display course you're going to see an increase probably across the board how mad are people going to be i don't know it seems 
It seems like people are kind of used to the idea of the increasing price of flagship phones. There's almost an expectation there. And $50 is not, a, an, is not an enormous increase in cost. I think people will ha be happy to see the improvements, maybe even more so with the display comparative to the, to the 5G because not everybody's to totally 5G capable at the moment. But we're going to have to see what happens with the charger thing because that is a real tangible reason for people to get upset. And that's what I'm sensing in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. as, much as, as much as you can make the other side of the argument, the regular customer feels like they're getting less when there's fewer things in the box. Imagine the unboxing video. I mean, that's no fun. Done. That's no fun. Yeah. But there is a big question surrounding the cable that will be included in the box. This could be the last iPhone to ship with a cable, as you've heard the rumors around the wireless thing, as you mentioned earlier. Mm. Do you get a lightning to USB-A, lightning to USB-C, or can we hold out hope for a huge blockbuster event that Apple actually ships a Type-C mm. smartphone? Probably not going to happen. Or maybe it's just like an adapter. An adapter. Lightning to C or something. Maybe there's an adapter in the box. Who knows? Right now, all signs seem to be pointing to a lightning to USB-A because so far the majority of Apple power bricks that are out there are going to need that A connector to function. Mm -hmm. And most people are going to be using old power bricks, presumably with the new iPhones, mm -hmm. given this particular development. So anyways, slight price increase here for the upcoming smartphones. Just to round it out, by the way, the 6.1-inch iPhone 12 would, would likely start at $799 or $849. Customers who want to stick with the same size display as the iPhone 11 could be facing a larger $100 to $150 price increase. Of course, this is because the new 5.4-inch model would be the entry point price-wise now. Yes, so speaking of that upcoming iPhone and the OLED displays that are going to go in them, we have this report coming out of the Nikkei or Nikkei Asian Review. And... Uh, well, Apple's been a big customer, as you know, Will, of LCD panels in the past, and mostly going to, uh, what is the Japanese company? They have the most obvious name, Japan Display, hmm. as you would, Will, hmm. if you were in Japan and making displays. Hmm. I love that. It's just so direct. Anyway, they've been uh, Apple's been a big customer of theirs, purchasing... LCD displays. Now, they haven't had much luck transitioning over to OLED tech. And as you're aware, with the iPhone 11, in, in order to get some cost savings into the iPhone 11 lineup, they did the LCD display on the regular version. Of course, they have the LCD display in the, uh, new, the new SE. Well, the 10R was SE, an example yeah. of that as well. Uh, but they're going to shift away from it. It's, it's too much OLED right now. The whole marketplace is OLED. They got to go to OLED. We're living in OLED times. Mm. And so even that baseline model is going to move to OLED. And what that means, as you're probably guessing, is that Apple's got to buy some more stuff from Samsung. Mm. Because Samsung, the leader by far in, in the smartphone OLED display department. Now, Apple has been trying to shift away from that because it's a bit weird. So it gets a bit awkward at, yeah. the, uh, at the gathering. They stay, you know, at the family gatherings when they have a nice little meeting there. They're competing against each other, but also they're a huge customer, and that's kind of strange. So Apple has been grooming. Well, I don't want to say grooming. They've just been uh, hoping 
to shift to another display manufacturer, but have had issues in uh, meeting the quality expectation or a quality similar to what they're getting from Samsung. And so they haven't made that transition as of yet. LG has produced a small number, number of OLED displays for iPhones last year. I'm wondering where LG is on this because, as you know, with the TVs, they're all over the OLED. Can you slice these babies up for the smartphone? Obviously, there's different tech involved. Mm-hmm. I understand as well. I'm joking. I'm having a time. I'm drinking a coffee, as you suggested. Mm-hmm. You took one look at me. I came off the vacation. I was in the vacation speed. You said, get this man a nice coffee. I took a few sips. All of a sudden, it's a different story. Yeah, and I noticed immediately. He noticed immediately. It's a tough job being willing to do. Keep your eyes on the prize. You got to stay looking, looking around, see what's really happening. The shifty eyes. Signal to noise ratio. Yeah. Willie do staying up on it. So LG up until this point, only a small number. But the, the, real, the real company Apple wants to shake hands with is BOE, which is a Chinese company in the OLED game. And there's been talk of this potential relationship for a really long time. But Apple still doesn't have the quality they're looking for. For 2020, Samsung is expected to have 74% of the OLED market, while China's BOE technology is expected to have a 9% market share. I mean, it's really small still. Mm-hmm. And when you're, a, when you're a company like Apple, you're kind of, you go in there and you say, oh yeah, we're going to need a couple million displays. Mm. That's how that meeting takes place. In, and, uh, <laughs> in like a week's time? Yeah, exactly. And we're going to need them in a week. And they're going to have to be perfect and meet our criteria. And we're a big customer and we're Apple. And we have a discerning customer base. And we got a guy named Tim Cook. And have you seen our offices in Cupertino? They're kind of fancy. And then you're sitting there in BOE looking around like, oh, my goodness gracious. What are we going to do over here? We got the machinery. We got the manpower. What do we got? So anyways, they're working towards it. You got to know Apple wants to shift away. But it's just it goes to show you how funny this business is. Where Apple, as much as they would love to not purchase these displays from Samsung, mm-hmm. the discerning customer, the OLED consumer, demands it. They they're yeah. not going to take a subpar product if they look at that display and it's inferior, or you got you you got a, a mess on there, an ugly mess. The display is such an important part of a smartphone, isn't it? Yeah. Do you think it's like a matter of time till? Um Apple develops their own display. That's a great question. Do they like they're doing with the Apple Silicon right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they do. They go into BOE and they say, "Listen here, we're gonna. It's more than a partnership. Oh, we'll buy take, you out. Yeah, Apple could, money. Could it be? I don't know if you can buy BOE out. I don't know what. I don't know. Yeah, okay. they could be way bigger than we think. But you're right. It's totally possible. It's that important. That component is important enough to potentially justify what you're talking about. Yeah. But in the meantime, 75%, they're hard to make. We should say tons of respect to Samsung because these are not easy to make. Mm-hmm. If these were easy to make, it would be hard to own 75% of the market. Because mm-hmm. look at all these players in the list here. Everybody wants a piece of this. Samsung Display, BOE, LG Display, Visionox, Tianma Microelectronics, Ever Display. I mean, p- p- players want to play in the game. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't talking like that. Uh, p- players like yeah, I hear you. I was talking about sports. Yeah. 
Trump says he's considering a ban on TikTok in the U.S. Wow. Heavy. Holy moly. We really were heavy. just talking about this, this ban in India. India bans TikTok. And I feel like in that show, I can't remember. I feel like we, uh, we, we, we at least opened the box a little bit as far as wondering about the implications for other places. And whether or not this could have a trickle effect into other markets, into other countries. And here we have an indication that, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Mm. So India made the move and got rid of TikTok. I mean, really got They wiped it off the face of, it's gone. As well as, as, well as 50 other apps. 59 other apps and... At first, it was coming through the telcos, and then later, Google and Apple participated in helping on the, the removal on the App Store at the request of the Indian government. Well, now, Donald Trump said his administration is considering banning the short video app TikTok in the U.S. as one possible way to retaliate against China over its handling of the coronavirus. Trump's comments on Tuesday came one day after Secretary of State Michael Pompeo said officials were looking at barring the app, whose parent company is China's ByteDance Limited. Asked to elaborate on Wednesday, Pompeo declined to re repeat the threat of a ban, but said instead that the examination of TikTok was part of a broader effort to protect American citizens' private data. He basically said that if you are currently using TikTok in the U.S., you are handing your data over to China and uh, more, more specifically to the Communist Party in China. These are his words. Uh, this is, you know, like I said, man, once the politics are playing out in the tech and it seemed it, seemed it was going that direction, but now it's accelerating. And I mean, Trump didn't even, he didn't even state the security threat. It sounds to me, he said, based on this particular quote, is a retaliation. Mm. Making a statement. It's a retaliation, is what he's saying. So the, the language coming out of India was different. They decided to focus solely on the potential security threat of this data ending up in a, on a server somewhere in China, Whatever's, whatever data is leaking out of an app. Trump says what he says. Pompeo says what he says. He goes the data route. He, he, he goes the spying and the espionage route. He goes the Huawei route. Mm -hmm. Trump just says retaliation. Oh. And so I think it's all of the above. To be fair, I think it's, it's, a, it's a, a whole series and a whole a, a set of, of reasons behind a move like this. Yes, it's all of it. It's a signal. It's a threat. It's a... It's a it hurts for for that market. It's a, you're, 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 it's, a, it's an injury to that market. Uh, and it's also a, a, pr a protection measure against any uh, or at least a large amount of data outflow mm -hmm. leaving the country. Now, you and I spoke about how this is a lot of the data piece, and I mean, Apple won't stop talking about it. The data piece is not exclusive to any Chinese app. This is part of online life. Mm -hmm. 
and online experiences is that you particularly even I mean Google pick your company you when you sign that terms of service or whatever it is you are giving up some amounts of your own personal data in exchange for the services that you find to be valuable you mean the terms as a hundred page document that the, people can just tap and then you're ready to go Willie do <laughs> Willie do making that's, his own that's statement what it is now Willie do making his own statement oh, yeah. right now yeah. yeah I I dude no they one's gonna read so it easy. and you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Do we really know? What do we know? Uh, who's who's doing the, the the deep investigation into where and how your data is valuable and what does it really mean? Mm -hmm. So we're, when it comes to that type of thing domestically, we at least it seems we at least say, okay, well, yes, we are sort of sub submitting ourselves in that fashion. However, that analysis is taking place close by. Yes. And whoever knows about me or knows about us or whoever's churning through that data is somewhat around the corner over there in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And people seem to be somewhat okay with that. Apple's, Apple's saying, Apple's not necessarily okay with it. Their whole marketing thing is it's happening on your device. There's less stuff. Stays on your device. Flowing out. Yeah. So even there, they're making the case. You don't even want that to happen with Google, they're saying. Mm -hmm. But this goes one step further because now not only are you talking about whatever data and information is leaving your device to go elsewhere to be analyzed by others, but you're also talking about that data crossing borders yes. and how that could potentially be used against uh, your nation, your security. I mean, you don't know. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know when you have that outflow. And of course, it's important to note on China's side... These apps aren't there. Google's not there. No. Facebook's not there. Twitter's not there. So it does seem sort of like there's a discrepancy there. Oh. That the that the international apps can't come there, but that that there but that the Chinese operated social media app can go goes everywhere. So it is it does seem a little off kilter from that standpoint. Where do I stand on it? I sort of felt like this was going to happen at some point, to be honest with you. This conversation would come up, seeing as how, how much we've talked about Huawei on the hardware side. Yeah, maybe it's going to come into the software side as well, as, it, as we've seen here. I think it sucks any time a customer doesn't have the option themselves to make up their own mind about what they think. That if you let a customer know and, and, and let them see what they want to do, but I also understand the other side because of the complexity of these types of terms of service and so forth that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Can you expect the average customer to really understand the full spectrum of implications uh, uh, relating to, to their participation in a particular app? Is that realistic? Or is this precisely the place where a government steps in and says, look, we don't, we don't need to understand the whole picture, but we don't like what we're seeing. But the problem is you have to trust they have your best interest in mind and that it's not some political play. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. TikTok users, by the way, yeah, Willie Doo's got a graph up here. Uh, United States' third biggest market. India's second biggest. Of course, TikTok and Chinese company, Chinese market is in there as well. This would be a huge blow to TikTok the app, ByteDance the company. Mm -hmm. If they lose India, 
one week and a couple weeks later they use the lose the US market. Yeah. That's not a good day in the office. There's there's been better days. And they were and the thing is it was flying. It was flying high. Yep. Oh, there's another piece I should mention real quick. I'm sure the detectives in the audience are going to bring this up in the comments if I don't. There is a, an actual uh, specific thing that is being pointed to as uh, some kind of violation within TikTok. And that has to do with TikTok extracting data from minors, people under the age of 13. And I, I think I recall YouTube getting into some trouble with this at one point in time. Uh, let me see if I can just get the exact info here. Several privacy groups alleged in May that the app was collecting information about children under the age of 13 without the permission of their parents in violation of both U.S. privacy law and an earlier FTC settlement. So this one seems pretty direct. TikTok spokesperson said that the company takes the issue of safety seriously for all our users and we continue to further strengthen our safeguards and introduce new measures to protect young people on the app. The spokesperson also cited initiatives to teach kids online safety, allow parents greater control, and so on and so on. But anyway, there, there, seem, there seems to be maybe enough there for them to lean on that piece and say, look, you were collecting data from minors and it's a very popular app from what I can tell. Yes. As far as minors are concerned. So quick question. What happens if TikTok um, doesn't exist in the States? Mm. Where will people move? You just, that was a segue. You just it's nailed the segue. segue. Oh, okay. Instagram pounces on India market after TikTok is banned. Instagram <laughs> is poised and ready. Zuckerberg is salivating. He's, he's hungry. Lick, he's licking his lips. Uh, what was the famous uh, smoked meats? Yes. Yes. These are smoked meats as far as Zuckerberg is concerned because Instagram is ready to go to receive all of the TikTok users who are going to be uh, left out in the cold looking for a place to post short form content. Now, when you first hear this, you think to yourself, well, Instagram is not a direct uh, clone of TikTok. Yeah. You can't do exactly what you do on TikTok. Well, that brings me to their product that is apparently perfect for this. It's called Reels. And I don't know if you've heard of this, but they've been testing it already in certain markets, not our market. They were testing it in Germany, France, and Brazil. And people are loving it. It is an in-app tool that lets users record 15-second videos set to music and audio and upload them to their stories, similar to TikTok. Mm. You see, this is... This is the craziest part. Trump can make a move that can directly, severely enhance, and not just Trump, India, whoever makes this move, directly enhance Facebook's business. Because who else is ready to take on this type of user base? Who has a product ready to go? Well, Vine. Vine, yeah. <laughs> Vine, which who still, who knows what happened to Vine? What is the real story of Vine? It's all very confusing. That's another thing I should mention. You know, Vine, the Vine shut down. Everybody went to YouTube. TikTok users scrambling to YouTube right now. I'm talking right. about ones with big followings yep. to try to get into a safe place where they can uh, 
keep their audience or move their audience and have an audience before the whole thing shuts down. We're excited to expand our test of Instagram Reels to India, a face, Facebook spokesperson said. Reels gives anyone the ability to create and discover short form videos, which is how more and more people are enjoying and creating content. So, yeah, Facebook appears to be really ready to go. They were trying to make an app within Facebook to be the TikTok competitor, but they bailed on it completely when they realized what everybody else already knows, which is Instagram is a way better chance for the Instagram brand, for whatever reason, is still... It's the one people are more comfortable with, at least anecdotally in my life. Yes. And it's catered to younger audiences. It's catered to younger people. I think Zuckerberg secretly would love to re revitalize the Facebook brand. I'm just speculating right now. Mm. But it seems he has to keep just adding the features that the youngsters are into on Instagram because they refuse to go to Facebook. That's mm -hmm. the way it feels to me. The product they were trying first was called Lasso, which maybe that was the problem right there. <laughs> And so they build on that one. They're going with Reels instead. India has always been a priority for us, the Facebook spokesperson said. All our, of our test countries represent vibrant cultures. And in India, consumer demand is strong with videos making up over a third of posts on Instagram. So they were already, it was already popular to use the video functionality of Instagram within India. This takes it a step further with this Reels functionality. There's also an app a local India-made app called Reposo, which saw a massive increase in users after the TikTok shutdown. They had 50 million downloads since they launched in 2014. But then since the TikTok shutdown, just two days after, they added another 22 million downloads. Wow. So people are, are rapidly attempting to move to other platforms. It's a huge, there's huge business to be had for those that can absorb the TikTok user base, which is absolutely enormous, as we've talked about. Hundreds of millions of people. Is it a billion people? Maybe if you add the US to it, I don't know. It's a lot of people. It was downloaded, we had the stat on the previous one. It was downloaded, what, 100 million times? Maybe it's not a billion, but anyway. It's a lot of people using TikTok. They had to find something else to do. I'm curious, we can speak, we can ask, the Indian audience on this particular video, what they're doing exactly. Have they moved to Instagram? Have they moved to Reposo? There's another app out there called Chingari, which uh, also saw an increase in, uh, in their users as a consequence of this situation. So do you, go to, do you go to Instagram? Do you go to one of these new ones? Do you go to YouTube? Where do you go to post to move on? from TikTok or do you just forget it ever existed? I'm not really sure what the right move is there, but uh, anyways, Instagram is not complaining. Zuckerberg is not complaining. Mm. He's okay. He's okay with the TikTok shutdown. <laughs> yeah. He's not lobbying. He's not heading to Washington right now to say, hey man, yeah, let him live. He's saying, I'm ready to go. Let me know what you need, mm -hmm. what you need, some servers, what you need, a Reels functionality, no problem. The Galaxy Note 20 Ultra, it just completely leaked. I was trying to have a vacation, and then the whole thing had to leak. Mm -hmm. I was trying to just 
chill out on the beach and uh, just be in life for a minute for once. Just keep the rope in you just, back Just in. two days. I'm just trying to have two. I'm just, I just try to take two days. No, no. And then this, and then this guy leaks the whole Note 20 Ultra. Jimmy is promo. Shout out Jimmy is promo. I have no idea what that name means, but it's somehow it's memorable. So shout out to him. He posts a video on YouTube with the whole unit. The front of the device is obviously all display, massive 6.9 inch panel, 120 hertz refresh rate. Uh, the huge camera hump on the back looks to be even bigger than on the uh, S20 Ultra, which already has an enormous camera hump, dare I say. Mm -hmm. This one looks even bigger, and when you see it laid down flat in this video that you're now playing, you're going to see it. it's got some height to it. It's got some serious height to it. It's gonna, there's going to be a wobble factor, I'm certain, hmm. when you place it on the table. I don't know if that's an issue for you, Will, but hopefully they've improved. They, they claim to have improved the autofocus, so maybe there's more magic going on within that camera hump that'll make it worthwhile. You can see the One UI 2.5 here as well when he's showing the front of the device. What's happening on the bottom of the device there? Is that some kind of adhesive or is that a reflection? I think it's like tape or something. Some kind it's of tape. Who knows? I don't well. know where he got this. Jimmy is pro. I don't know where he found this thing. Was it just sitting on a park bench? I'm not sure. The S Pen has moved. However, it's identical. And further in this video, he removes the S Pen and inserts it into the new model, and it fits perfectly. But look at the height on the camera hump. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a beast. Uh, of course, you have the three camera modules in there, including the folded style zoom that uh, people would expect to have, seeing as, as how they're they're getting that on the S20 Ultra. And yeah, as I mentioned, the S Pen is the exact same, at least the exact same size. Whether or not it has any extended functionality remains to be seen. Uh, they're ditching the TOF that's found on the Note 20 Ultra. What? This confirms earlier reports about Samsung ditching the TOF. Yeah, they're ditching it for the Note 20 Ultra. And that's why you see just the three camera modules on the rear side of, uh, of this particular leak. Yeah, it's tape on the bottom. I wonder why. What's being, what's being hidden beneath the tape? Huge camera. Holy moly. Enormous camera. That's 2020 for you. Anyways, yeah, so the whole thing is out. I'm curious what people are thinking about it. it we saw pictures, obviously, before we saw the whole video. But I would guess that Samsung saw some degree of success with the S20 Ultra, and so the aesthetic is really carrying through here. It's not too different. What do you think of the look, Will? Are you impressed? Are you happy? Is it, is it ugly? Is it pretty? I mean, it's the same, right? Like, the actual rectangular shape. It's just the camera hump that's really different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Am I wrong here? Like, it, it looks exactly the same. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. I mean, the camera hump is maybe, what would you say, three times the size of the previous version? Yeah. Both uh, size and thickness, I would say. That's correct. <laughs> you nailed it on that one. So, but what I'm saying is, are you prepared to carry around the big hump yet? Because what do you have in your pocket right now? I can't remember. S20, not Ultra. Yeah, just the S20. Yeah, it's a smaller camera hump. Yeah, not even the Plus. Not even the plus. But, um, it's so. great. Um, I mean, I have a later case on it. It's mm. fine. Is that a later case shout out? Oh, yeah. Sponsor of this episode? Oh, yeah. All right. Um, 
I don't know. It's just, uh, it's really thick. Yeah. Like yeah. this is a chunky, chunky boy here. It's crazy. <laughs> Eventually the camera hump is going to be the same thickness as the actual phone. Mm -hmm. It's totally possible. Well, I'll, I'll put up with it. I'll say this. I'll put up with it if they nail the autofocus thing. Apparently they worked on it with this one. I, that's the thing I'm most curious to check out because the video mode, you had all these crazy, amazing video modes on the S20 Ultra, but then I couldn't focus the thing. The thing had no fluid or smooth focus transition in autofocus when you're trying to shoot a video. It was hunting and it did change a little bit with firmware updates, but I think Samsung's going with a completely different system here. So that's what I'm most interested in. If it if it's bang on, if it's rock solid, I'll put up with a slightly larger hump myself. But anyways, there it is, fully leaked. I mean, Samsung can't be happy about this. Can this video stay up? This device is not out yet. I don't know. Samsung's gonna be asking politely. Mm -hmm. Hey man, or 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 are is there even such a thing as a leak anymore in 2020? Is this one of the drips? Are they dripping it? Are they did they the uh, drip. did they just leave this at Jimmy's promo's doorstep and say, shh, don't tell anybody? And and what they really meant was tell everyone. Jimmy's licking his lips. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We don't know what's what. Yeah. Speaking of the drip factory. Google Pixel 5 images reveal a radical new direction. This is a render, I should say, by the way. And it's based on schematics that leaked, so it's probably pretty tight at this point. This apparently the Pixel 5, which we kind of had an indication of. You remember we talked about that case that leaked for the upcoming Pixel 5? It looks essentially like this. It looks a lot like the older pixels. The, the thing that changed here, you no longer have that variety of sensors for the face unlock and that solely radar thing, which did anybody use it ever? I may have attempted it twice and I felt terrible about myself after. Yeah, you do gestures and stuff. Dude, right? I was swinging and I was like this in the car because I think that was how it's pitched. So I was like in the car. Yeah. Look at how sophisticated I am. I'm a futuristic man waving at my phone and it's, Working half the time, I feel terrible about myself. Yeah. I had trouble sleeping that night. The cops just looking at you <laughs> across the street. So anyway, they got rid of that solely tech. It was kind of cool, but it, it it screwed them up on selling it as well in certain markets that couldn't have the radar. And yeah. I remember reading about this as a huge disaster. Plus, they they had they had a really good face unlock, but they had an, the ugliest notch in the game ever. It was a yeah. meme. The notch was a meme yeah. that they had been using. So they have a whole punch cut out in the top corner on this upcoming Pixel 5 based on this particular render. And they're moving towards, well, they're moving backwards essentially to the rear capacitive fingerprint scanner. I told you previously, I'm not really that mad about it. I never had a huge problem with that fingerprint unlock. It's one of my favorite implementations for speed. It's just really fast. Uh, I do hear people on the, the tabletop unlock you can't do with that. So that's Worth noting, I don't know if there'll be an optical, just an image-based face unlock as well. Google made such a big deal of the security factor on their previous face unlock, so it would be odd for them to have the low-tech, low-security, uh, picture-based face unlock that others have used. But I think they should put it in there anyways and just warn people, hey, this is not the most secure, because I like having both of them enabled just for speed, mm -hmm. even though I've cracked them myself, Yes, just for speed. It's incredible. Now, the other thing to note, part of the decision-making process here could be centered around cost because apparently this thing, they're kind of shifting strategy a little bit to make this thing a little bit more affordable. 
And the rumor now is that it's going to come in at five ninety nine, I believe six ninety nine. It could see a starting price of six ninety nine. Hmm. The Pixel Four launched at seven ninety nine. If you recall, I don't know if anybody remembers that. And a survey issued by Google suggests that the Pixel Five uh, could see this six ninety nine price drop a hundred dollars less than the previous flagship, and possibly that could also have one twenty eight gigabytes of storage in that model. People are hoping to see a battery life improvement that was not a strong area for the previous Pixels. Yes. And so that's another thing that people have their fingers crossed. This is supposed to feature a 5.8-inch OLED panel, and the device should be comparable in size to the 5.8-inch iPhone 11 Pro, which, of course, makes sense. So not a huge device in the... I don't know if they do an XL version, but not a huge device. This might be interesting to you. I feel like you have your eye on this device. Yeah, I've always liked the... um fingerprint sensor in the back mm -hmm. i thought it was really um solid mm -hmm. i've had it for like i think the pixel 3 had it it was great but um when it came to the battery life for some reason stock android like why don't you have good battery you're yelling at stock android right now yeah hey stock android get your act together and then I switched to the S20 and it was fine. So yeah. Well, know. it had a small battery in it. It was a 2800 milliamp hour battery. Yeah. So maybe they make this one a little bit more of a, a little fatter. And I guess it's the size thing, not uh, optimization. It could be both. Obviously, there's, there's room for both, but I think it needed a bigger battery. And hopefully we're going to see that in the next version. It could be your phone because you know you're, that, that pixel look to the photos, Otis has been missing that look. Mm -hmm. Otis has been missing that pixel look. Yeah. And there is a look to it. And for better, I mean, whatever your preference happens to be, there's a look to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it. That contrast and it's a thing going on with the Pixel look. Yes. The machine learning. They did lose one of their big time engineers working on the, their camera software. Oh, really? I don't know if that'll hurt them or not. They seem to be producing some pretty good results. Some very pleasing results to my eyeballs personally. But I think the cost thing is a fantastic move. Very cost-sensitive uh, buyers out there in the marketplace in 2020. And a tremendous number of phones to choose from at the as you get closer to $1,000. $800, $900, uh, $1,000. We just spoke about how the rumor for the entry-level iPhone is going to be right around there too. Undercutting it by a bit, going to $699, $649. I don't know what they're going to do makes it that much more appealing and people might take a chance on pixel and that's and that's really what google needs because this is still they still got a long ways to go as far as um, market adoption you just don't see the pixels in the street yet mm -hmm. i don't know what their numbers look like i don't know if they share their sales figures but that's a big brand google there's a g on that phone will yeah and google they're behind the os they should be a far bigger player than they are. They got to get this stuff figured out. Yep. And we'll see. Maybe this one does it for them. The cost, the value proposition, time will tell. We shall see. Qualcomm Snapdragon 865 Plus announced. I don't know if you follow any of this Plus stuff. It's typically not the hugest deal, but it's, in, it's become, it's getting a little bit more attention recently because of the advent of the gaming phone. Yes. And the gaming phone aims to just take things to another level through the uh, the typical gaming, game-centric 
request of overclocking. Mm. And so apparently this originally started with one of the ROG phones where there was a request put in like, hey, can we can we overclock the, at the time, I guess it was the 855. Can we over, or maybe it was the 845. I don't remember the first ROG phone, but can we overclock this if we put some extra cooling in there as a gaming company would do mm-hmm. and ask because they say, hey, our, you know, our customers want, well, they want to play games for one, they want the optimal mobile game experience, but for two, they want the bragging rights. Yeah. To say I got the world's most powerful powerful phone, which I've done how many videos titled that at this point because it always it keeps getting displaced. And how do we gauge power? There's a lot of uh, characteristics, but we've seemed to center around uh, CPU GPU as far as determining performance. Although I have to say, when I had the 144 hertz phone. I was like, well, speed also applies to the display as well Yes. for gaming. So there's a couple of characteristics in there. But anyway, we seem to have focused uh, mostly on on the processing performance. We seem mostly to, to focus on whatever Snapdragon Qualcomm is doing inside of there. And they're continuing that moving forward with the, the Plus model being their real, the true flagship that comes, up, comes out after the main mass market flagship. And they're doing it again with the 865 series. So the 865 Plus is on its way. And this is going to be the first to break the 3 gigahertz barrier mm. for performance, which is kind of a wild thing to think about in a smartphone. Right. Because uh, I, was, I was a Pentium kid. And yeah. 3 gigahertz was big deal. Yeah. Probably Pentium 4. I don't remember when, it was bro- bro- when they broke it. When it was broken. But it was a big deal. It, it went early days of overclocking. It was an achievement to to hit some figures like that now you do it in your phone as we saw with the snap snapdragon 855 plus the snapdragon 865 plus delivers improved speeds for the prime cpu core and the adreno 650 gpu the prime cpu now sees a leap from 2.84 gigahertz to 3.1 the other cpu cores don't see any changes though so it's not it's not a massive increase overall in fact it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of a 10 percent performance increase which is why I said it's a kind of a bragging rights thing. But what but it is still a performance thing if you're very serious about gaming seems to be the only way in which you can really take advantage of this increased performance. So we're probably going to see this roll out. We are going to see this roll out in some upcoming gaming phones. I believe they may be listed somewhere within this article. I think Lenovo is going to be working on an upcoming phone with this chip in it. And I think also the next generation ROG phone might do the same. There's some other little bonuses you get with this chip. You're going to get Wi-Fi 6E and Bluetooth 5.2 instead of regular Wi-Fi 6 and Bluetooth 5.1. You can't really do much with these new standards at the moment, but you're getting a a little, I guess, some future proofing potentially Mm. if you you pick this one up. But uh, yeah, so I think if you want to be, if you're in the market for the world's fastest phone if you have a large budget and you want to tell all your friends that that their S20 Ultra isn't quick enough, then you're going to want to look for this 865 Plus. Mm. And then you're going to be able to say that. And they can't really say anything to you. And they may have spent more money than you, depending on what Lenovo is able to deliver or what that next ROG phone is able to deliver. Now, you're not going to be that much faster, but you're going to be faster. Mm-hmm. 
So, Ninja has started streaming on YouTube. This was, we were, everyone was waiting for, what is the saying? The pin to drop? Yes. I don't know why the pin That's is dropping, correct. but yeah. everyone was waiting for the pin to drop. Two things in streaming right now, two biggest things. Where and when is Ninja going to stream? And what's going on with Dr. Disrespect? Yeah. <laughs> no, two no biggest questions. We have no pins dropping as far as the disrespect story, but we have a somewhat of a pin dropping here with, with Ninja. I remember when the mixer thing went down, I was saying to you, where's YouTube on this? Get on the phone, guys. You got mm -hmm. a lot YouTube of gaming. You got a lot. Google's got a few employees, uh, different departments. Call these guys up, cut a deal. Now, I don't know if a deal has been cut in this situation here or if it's just a trial run or if Ninja's just saying, I got to stream somewhere. Mm. And it would be weird to go back to Twitch because I made this big deal of leaving. So I go to YouTube. I know it can handle the big streams. They have the tools I can take. I can get the donations and have the chat. And they got the tools. And he did 100,000 viewers on the, on the first stream there. He's been gone for a little bit. People missing their Ninja. Mm -hmm. as you might expect. So anyway, we don't know the, all the details. We do know that he is streaming on YouTube at the moment, or, well, not at this exact moment, but today. Was it today? Uh, yeah, it was today. He was streaming on YouTube today. I don't know if it was the first time, but I know for a fact he was streaming because I saw the thing. I saw the icon. He was live. Mm. One of the biggest names in streaming is heading to YouTube. Today, Tyler Ninja Blevins started streaming on Google's platform, finding a new home after the surprise closure of microsoft's mixer i mean that was such a wild situation he was streaming fortnite alongside dr lupo tim the tatman and courage no one knows if this is some kind of exclusive deal i think it should be if i'm youtube i'm saying stick around i'm gonna cut a deal you know he got paid some kind of amount for his time on mixer mm -hmm. and now he's looking for eyeballs in a robust streaming platform and if they can, if YouTube could lock up him, him and potentially Shroud, I know he's a big streamer as well. You could really start to shift this conversation about where game streaming happens. Yep. In a big way and, and move some attention away from Twitch. I do have to say I've used both services and Twitch is still, since it's so focused on that, uh, users know what to expect. You, you, you head onto the homepage, you see the popular streamers right away. That's not really what YouTube.com is doing right now or can do. Mm -hmm. So it has these different... YouTube is just so huge. It's just so huge. Mm -hmm. But that said, that could be a benefit as well. Because you could end up in trending or something and, and, and get access to a bigger, more general audience as well. Now, you're right, by the way, Will. There is a gaming place you can go on YouTube. But that behavior, people are going to have to learn it. Where on Twitch, it's automatic. Yes. People just understand it because it's been that way for a long time. Whereas on YouTube, you have to go into this really big pool. You know that big big fish, small pond scenario? I'm not saying that Twitch is a small pond. I'm just saying comparatively speaking. It's just very specific. It's gaming. Yeah. So it's a gaming pond. It's all very well understood. Now this pond, this is an ocean. YouTube is everything. Everybody posts everything on YouTube. And gaming just is, is a piece of it. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, if I'm YouTube... Those are users. I want YouTube to be a home for as many things as possible. So I'm shaking some hands. I'm making some phone calls. I'm sending some emails. I'm sending a gift basket. I'm yeah. figuring out what's going on. And I've, they've done it before. 
you know, working on these deals. I think uh, Courage and Courage. Valkyrie. They've got some deals. Yeah. So it's not their first time. Not not their first rodeo. rodeo. Yeah. Not their first rodeo. Yeah. So anyways, we'll see what develops there. Maybe more details will emerge. But for now, if you're looking for Ninja and you can't find them on Twitch, go check YouTube. How about this? The world's biggest SSD and its eye-watering price tag. I mean, if that doesn't get you going, Will, if that doesn't get you excited and curious, I don't know what will. Well, it's eye-watering. My eyes are watered. A 100 terabyte SSD. Who needs this? I don't know. I kind of like it, though. Mm. It just, you know, we're into weird things around here. and To each their own. Some people uh, like to do the like to do knitting. Some people, mm -hmm. some people uh, like to restore Hot Wheels. Yes. Some people like thing. to do that. Yeah. Some people like trains. <laughs> some people like food. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody likes food, but some people like it more than others. Mm -hmm. Passionately. Yeah. So some people like storage. <laughs> And today we got a lot of it Seems for like you. It. If you're one of these people, largest ever solid, solid state drive comes with a very steep premium. The 100 terabyte version retailing for $40,000 US, $40,000 or $400 per terabyte. Mm. 40 G's on a drive. What a time to be alive. Can we uh, get a few of those in the studio? Wow, that could be useful. I don't know how fast they're going to be. But it's a tremendous... Oh, here we go. They use enterprise-grade MLC 3D NAND rather than QLC, providing a sequential read-write of up to 500 by 460 megabytes per second. That's not that fast. It's fast, but it's not that fast. Hmm. Uh, but it's really more about storage. It's an enterprise situation. Well, you know, once you have an enterprise, you don't even look at the price tags. Yeah. Once you're... <laughs> Once you're enterprise level, you just you just sign off on it. Yeah. Pay for it later. I remember getting my first SSD. It was like 128 megs. And man, I thought... like 128 megs? I mean, gigs. I was like, where's this guy been? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just remember installing software. And it was so fast. But not did I ever think about using it as storage. Yeah. you all, If you had a tower at the time, you had separate storage you had your yeah, 3.5 yeah. hard drives in there and you only put your system and your applications yeah. on the ssd i was there i've been there mm -hmm. with you and i think a lot of people were you know came from there and and yeah it's just technology it's the way it works things get cheaper miniaturized and one day 100 terabyte ssd is gonna be five bucks yeah. that's a crazy thing to think about but anyway for now it's 40 g it's yes. definitely not five bucks for right now Tesla launches short shorts for real. You could not let me not cover this topic today. Hmm. I sent you the stories and you said, Lou, I think you've uh, missed the most important story yeah. that has happened since you had your two days off. And of course, you're, you know, you're probably right. Tesla on a bit of a, on a bit of a goof, having a little bit of fun, a little bit of a troll, a little bit of a, uh, meme mm -hmm. in 2020. This is how things work. They're having fun. You Good tweet something, you make it real to complete the entire joke. That's a joke. 
That's an Elon Musk. That's a full joke in 2020. Yeah. It's funny to a point when you talk about it, but then it gets really bizarrely funny when it's a real thing. Yeah. And you make a few bucks while you're at it. Yeah, why not? Now, you know the story about the short shorts. It's a, it's a play on the idea of people shorting Tesla, Tesla stock, which has been, that's been the bane of, of Elon's existence for a while. He's, it's, it's like a person, it's like a, somebody on social media who just hates you, let's say, or doesn't want to see you succeed and constantly reminds you of that. Well, that's, he has, Elon and Tesla, they have their own versions of that. And this happens when, well, pretty much anywhere where somebody's having success, there has to be naysayers. It's just how the universe works. Yeah, balance. And regardless of, uh, there, there's some real, there's a really great case to be made about Tesla being overpriced right now, mm. that the that the stock price is too high. So I'm not even necessarily saying that the short sellers are wrong, but I don't know if you recall, he got into to some trouble once upon a time, suggesting that Tesla could go private, funding secured for four hundred and twenty dollars a share. It was a tweet. It was a tweet. And, but the crazy part is, Will. People thought the 420 was crazy back then. Yeah. And look at the stock price today. You're on the chart right now. 1,003. That's almost $1,000 more than the 420 tweet. Mm -hmm. So anyway, here's a bit of a joke. You put the actual short shorts out. Now, it's not the first time Musk been joking about short shorts because he sent an actual box of short shorts to one of the most famous short position holders on Tesla stock, this guy, David Einhorn. Mm. And then Einhorn, at the time, and this is all in the Electrek article, he fired back by saying his shorts had some defects. Uh, <laughs> Just like, whatever, some Teslas have some defects. So he's been uh, going at it for a while. But the joke doesn't end. The joke even goes into the price tag. The price of these short shorts that you could actually buy, I presume they're sold out at this point, was $69.42. And, and 420, mm. 69. He's making jokes. It's just jokes on top of jokes. Mm. He likes to have fun. Now, the whole website went down. It's It was kind of a flamethrower moment. Yeah. Because everybody had to get these shorts, the short shorts. And it's posted on, not on Tesla's main site, but on their kind of merch shop where they sell hats. Maybe they probably sell that hat that you're wearing over there. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's where this took place. So the site went down when he when he tweeted it. It was just getting crushed and hammered. Everybody wanted the shorts. Can you still get the shorts right now? No, sold out. No. Sold out. All sizes. On the short shorts. And we couldn't figure out, is it, were they unisex? Were they, could they be worn by both male and female? Or it's only a female model. So it was a curious thought. Uh, I know you were thinking, you were hoping you could pull it off yourself. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's the dream. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, Tesla stock, it keeps skyrocketing, and it's sort of, there's some kind of Bitcoin effect happening with Tesla. It's the more people that doubt it, the higher the stock price goes. Apparently. And I don't know what that tells you. I don't know if that makes it resilient or just fun. And, and, and does it matter? Or is a part of this thing, a part of this game... Is it about the fun factor? Is it about can could investments and stock prices and the stock market 
be influenced and of course yeah it could be influenced in a way almost like consumer behavior where you feel you belong to a club you feel like you're a part of something you feel as though you belong as a tesla investor and you're not necessarily examining the bottom line or the number of deliveries but you're just gonna sit and hold because you believe it is the future eventually mm -hmm. and you believe in something deeper within the company beyond their current profits or losses I mean, it's a new concept, mm -hmm. and we have to see how it plays out, but it appears that the stock market in general is, is kind of moving in that direction. Mm-hmm.